All right, the book of Proverbs tonight. We'll start out at the beginning of the book of Proverbs. Thank you, young people. I did a fantastic job. That was very, very good. And uh, pray for them as they uh, continue to grow in their Christian life. I'm thankful for all of our ministries, our uh, team ministry as well. And I know some of them are getting close to graduation. It's a big step for them going forward. And uh, uh, some will then go from 7th grade to 8th grade, and they won't be the bottom of the totem pole. And so that's a big deal, too. So uh, pray for them. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter number two, uh, uh, 3 to begin with. And um, we are going to read one verse of Scripture to get us started for our text. Uh, but we're going to turn to, I think there's uh, 13, 14 different passages tonight as we uh, look at this different subject. Of course, it'll all be in the book of Proverbs uh, as we continue in our series, The People of Proverbs. And uh, tonight we're going to look at another character, one uh, that we have not looked at yet. Uh, and so we look at Proverbs chapter number 3, and we're going to read first with verse number 32 of Proverbs chapter number 3. For the froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. Notice that word froward. Tonight we're going to deal with the froward man. Uh, froward is not a word that is uh, used often, and we're going to define it in just a moment. And I believe it's going to be, should be a very uh, helpful and enlightening study tonight as we deal with the froward man. Father, we pray once again that you would speak to our hearts. May uh, we be reminded of some important truths this evening. And Father, may we use the study tonight to uh, identify some things in our own life that might could lead us uh, to the pathway of being a froward man. Uh, Father, I pray that we would avoid those things. And Father, if we uh, find these things that are characteristics in our life, may we deal with them. Uh, Father, may we learn how to deal with that froward individual as well tonight. I pray that uh, we'll be helped this evening by your, your word, for we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. That word froward uh, means perverse, not willing to yield or comply with what is required, unyielding, ungovernable, disobedient. Let me read that again. The word froward means perverse, not willing to yield or comply with what is required, unyielding, ungovernable, disobedient. This is going to be a study that reminds us that disobedience is a big deal. Uh, not being willing to yield to the Word of God, to God, is a bigger deal than we make it. Um, well, I just don't feel like it. Are you forward? Are you unwilling to yield or comply with what is required? One thing that is true about man in general is that man in general is a rebel. And even after salvation, you still got some rebel in you. And uh, it's, you know, we say, well, I'm just, I'm just my own, well, you better, I'm just my own person. I'm just, you better be careful not yielding. And I'm afraid that we do ourselves a disservice when we take upon ourselves uh, the, the responsibility, that's not the right word, but you'll know what I mean, of deciding what is more important than something else. Well, Pastor, I, as, as growing up, in, and I, I've, I'm somebody who grew up in church, grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up in the same youth, youth group here. I, I grew up in the same school here. I grew up in all of this. Uh, my children have been involved in ministries, and I, I've known church. And it's, it's a good thing for our children to grow up in church. By the way, young people, enjoy, it's a good thing for you to grow up in church. Um, he said, I, mean, I grew up in an independent Baptist home. You know, it's not as bad as an alcoholic's home. I mean, God can deliver you from that. Well, you know, we have to go to church every single Sunday. You know, there's worse ways to grow up than having to go to church and hear the Bible and God loves you. I mean, that's just, that's just horrible, isn't it? I don't know where that came from, but... We have to be careful, though. As we look at things in this world and we say, I've never been a part of, and you look at the vile things in this world. Although, because of technology, it has access to us in ways it never did before. Well, you know, I've, I'm not like this individual or that individual. I'm not involved in this. But are you unyielding? 
to the authorities that God has placed in your life? Are you ungovernable? I just can't control this. and They're going to do what they want to do. Are you disobedient? I remind you that if we study Romans chapter number 1, the reprobate mind, you study the signs of the perilous times, disobedient to parents, disobedience is in there. You picture an uncontrollable child that just is going to do what they want to do, no matter what the consequences. They're going to pitch a fit, knowing what the consequences are. They just want their way. Well, that's, that's, that's not a good picture. It's worse when it's a Christian towards God. See, I mean, many times we read, if you read through the book of Proverbs, you'll see the, the word froward many times. We're going to look at almost all of them tonight. In understanding that God, in, in that word perverse, is going, another definition of that is just simply going against what is expected in society, in, in, in the normal setting, not willing to yield or comply. God made man to follow a certain path. Well, I've just got to go find myself. I got to go find my way. That's not why God made us. He didn't make us to find our own way. He made us to follow his way. So I just, I just, everybody tell me what to do. That's the way God designed it. He tells us what to do. We've seen this in our Sunday school lessons with Moses. God would tell Moses what to do and tell them what to do. He gives his book to tell us what to do. He gives children, parents to tell them what to do. Why does my mom and dad always tell me what to do? They're supposed to. That, that's the authority. That's the way God set it up. Well, when am I going to get to make my own decisions? You don't get to make your own decisions. God makes the decisions. Our decision is deciding to do what God tells us to do. That's really the only decisions we have. Is am I going to follow God or am I not? So when he says, oh, perverse generation, we think that's just all of those vile, wicked, it is a generation that just does not want to fit into the mold that God has set. You don't have to be all the, you don't have to be 2023 Hollywood to be perverse. You've just got to say, I'm not going to fit in the mold that God designed. That is a froward man. It is somebody not willing to yield. Now, I've got six statements I want to make this evening, and I think they'll be help, they'll helpful to us. I want us to, to be, I want us in that definition to realize the seriousness. So when we look at what God says about a froward man, characteristics of a froward individual, we can look at that and say, that's a serious thing. I don't want to be that. Because some, we have a good way of saying, well, I don't, it's not a big deal to me, so I don't think it's a big deal to God. But yet God tells us there's some things that are a big deal. And we should not let society define what is a big deal. We shouldn't let, you know, whatever else define it, but God does. And so I think this will be a help to us. Number one, first statement let me, let me make this evening. The froward man is revealed by his froward tongue. How do you know what a froward man is? Well, Pastor, I would never. Well, it's easy to reveal. Why? Because the Bible tells us the froward man is revealed by his tongue. This is where we're going to turn to several places. Proverbs 2 in verse 12. Proverbs 2 in verse 12. Verse 11 talks about how discretion is going to be a help to us, preserves us. Verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Why do we need discretion? Why do we need understanding? To deliver from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. Just like I used the illustration of somebody who's wise, it's not like they were born wise. Oh, that, that mom and dad pick up that newborn baby just in those few moments. How blessed we are. We got a wise one. God gave us a wise one. 
No, we're all born idiots. We all have to acquire wisdom. The same is true. God is not saying, well, here's a wise one, here's a fool, here's a scorner, here's a froward. Do the best you can, mom and dad. That's not the way God does it. A froward individual is revealed because they have a froward tongue that's not willing to comply. It's unyielding. It's ungovernable. It's disobedient. It speaks of perverse things. That which is outside of what God has said. Notice chapter number 4 and verse 24. Chapter 4 and verse 24. Put away from thee. Okay? Here's a verse that gives us an action. Whenever we see that, this is not just information God is giving us. It's, it's, a, it's a command. You do this. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Okay? Froward mouth, perverse lips. It's basically the same thing. And God is saying, put away from thee. I think there's two contexts you could have of that. One, you don't have one yourself. Put it away. Stop talking about things that are outside of what God says we should talk about. Yield it. The book of James talks about an unyielded tongue as well. The, da- the damage it causes. The, the, the hurt it causes. And we says put it away. So if you have it, put it away. Stop. I just can't help myself. I just have to. No, no, you can stop it. Another context is keep away from a forward mouth. Keep away from those perverse lips. If, if somebody is using their tongue, their mouth, in a way that God would describe it as forward, it's my responsibility to stay away from them. I'm going to illustrate this more in just a moment. Uh, turn with me to chapter 6, verse 12. A naughty person, a wicked man... Walketh with a froward mouth. Well, Pastor, what's the big deal? Just not fitting exactly into the mold that God has set. By the way, he's the creator. That's the mold he has set. You could take that all the way down. He's the, the creator of the home. So the mold has been set. He's created the church. The mold has been set. What, what, but look what God says, a naughty person, a wicked man. One way he calls them naughty and wicked is because of their froward mouth. I'm just, I've just always been that way. I speak my mind. Well, if it fits in this category, stop. And by the way, you probably don't have much left to speak, so stop. That's how we know what a wicked man is. It's the froward mouth. Chapter number 8, verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Man, I'm living with the fear of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to fit in the mold that he has set. And he says for me to stay away from, because I fear the Lord, I hate evil. That sin that is done wrong to somebody else, to hurt somebody, to harm, that's, I'm... I'm is to hate evil, pride. Oh, pride will destroy a Christian quicker than anything else. In arrogancy, you can't tell me what to do. Boy, if you put man in the context of God, we are but dust. In the sight of God, we are nothing. That's why what Jesus did for us is such a big deal. But we get ourselves that nobody's going to tell me. In the evil way. In the froward mouth. Do I hate. Chapter 10 verse 31. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom. 
but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Now, I don't think that the context is, you know, pastor walks around with a knife, although sometimes it has crossed my mind. But there is a benefit to a just man speaking wisdom. We've read five different places where God references the froward tongue, the froward mouth, either identifying this is how you know what a wicked man is or this is what will happen to a froward mouth or liking it to um, uh, evil and we ought to, we ought to stay away from that. If he mentions something one time, see, we don't think about it as being as serious as God thinks about it. We understand. Matter of fact, this is a good study for you on your own. I know the answer. Look up how many times God speaks of scorner in Proverbs and God speaks of froward in Proverbs. God speaks about froward more than you would think he would, but he puts a great emphasis, a warning on that. So that should tell us that we need to be very careful of how we use our tongue. We need to be very careful about what we talk about. We need to be very intentional with our words. And we fit it into where God says we, we, we comply, we yield, we, 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 we obey. There are things that this Bible says that you and I should not talk about. There are things that this Bible says that you and I should talk about. And the fact that we don't talk about spiritual things and give praise like we should, is just as big a deal as if we are talking about things we shouldn't be talking about. Hey, this Bible tells us that we, have to, we should be very careful with our words when it comes to how we speak to people and what we say and when we say it. The froward man is revealed by his froward tongue. Number two, the froward man is doomed by his froward heart. Statement number two, the froward man is doomed by his froward heart. Chapter 6, verse 14. Help me with this verse. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's not chapter 6, verse 14. That's an extra verse for you. Frowardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. This is a naughty person, a wicked man, an evil man. It's in his heart. Look with me, chapter 17, verse 20. Chapter 17 and verse 20. I know we believe the Bible. This is a good verse for us to read. He that hath a froward heart findeth no good. And he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. The froward man is doomed by his froward heart. The Bible tells us if you have a froward heart, you find no good. You know, a lot of the trouble that we blame the devil for, it's our fault. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You may have a froward heart that is just unyielding. Okay, I'm going to get sidetracked here just for a minute, and I'll get back in just a moment. There are some things of the heart that God tells us that we need to be very careful of. We shouldn't let unforgiveness be in our heart. I just can't forgive. God says forgive. You should yield to that. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I may not. We can can swap horror stories later. But all of us have been wrong to the point where it takes an act of the Spirit of God for us to grant forgiveness. He says, that's what you do. Because I did. I forgave man. It's the heart. That's why we guard our heart. That's why we protect our heart. 
It's a bigger doubt, and I want us to see that I'm emphasizing this and because we needed to have it emphasized because I want us to see it's a big deal to have a heart that will not yield. See, parents, let me help you. you, you, you yes, the actions, and if there are, there are, are things that, have, that, that, that your children do that they know they should not do, those actions should be punished. Otherwise, your word means nothing. That's why be careful. You're never eating again if you don't. Okay, be careful with that. Uh, but you have to do that. But what you should pay the most attention to is the heart. Pastor, I don't understand why you treated somebody this way, this way. It's the heart. The heart, when you can get the heart, then you have the child, you have the person. If you can never get the heart, that's the problem. And sometimes we are focused on, well, I just got to correct this and correct this, and I'm not minimizing that's got to be corrected. But that heart ultimately is going to get the say. He's doomed by his froward heart. He that hath the forward heart findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. Boy, if your heart is forward, it's unyielding, it's disobedient, it can't be tamed. It's like a horse that you can't bridle. You're going to find trouble. Sometimes they just have an authority problem. No, they have a forward heart. It's a big deal. Number three. The froward man lives an unacceptable life. Let's go back to chapter number two. The froward man lives an unacceptable life. I hope this is helping us tonight. Chapter two in verse number 15. Whose ways are crooked. Okay, whose ways? Go back to verse 12. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh froward things who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. It's one thing to start in the ways of of darkness. It's another thing to leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths. They, they define the very definition of froward. They do not live an acceptable life to God. It's unacceptable. Well, I, just want, I just want a religion where I, can, where I can be me. That's not the way God orders it. He made us as individuals. He gave us per different personalities. We have, we have different traits about us, if you will, that make us us. But God says, you can, be, you, can, you, can, you can just be your own self, but you better do it in the guidelines of that I set. And that man who goes outside of that, who will not be, that's what it comes down to. Well, they had a bad experience. I'm sorry. But what does that have to do with what God has commanded? We still are supposed to stay inside what God has said. A froward man, the ones who walk in those froward ways, they're, they're, they're not going to be contained. Their ways are crooked and they are froward in their paths. Where they live an unacceptable life to God. You know, we... When we justify, when we justify why it's okay for us to step outside what God has commanded, trying to convince ourselves or somebody else, are we really trying to convince them or convince God that it's okay for us to do that? I don't have a right to step outside what God has said. You don't have a right. Well, you're just going to always stick with the Bible. That's probably what we all should do. And if we go outside of that, it's unacceptable. It does not matter what this watered-down version and, quite frankly, ungodly version of quote-unquote Christianity tells us today. 
What God has set, He set. And anything, any path outside of that is unacceptable. If, if the Holy Spirit reveals to us tonight some things that we just will not yield to God, I hope we get in our mind that's not acceptable. It's not your pastor setting an unfair standard. It's not acceptable to not yield something in our heart and life to, the, to our Creator, to the God who saved us. It's not acceptable. If there's something in our heart that says, well, I just, I just don't think that way, or I'm just not, not going to yield that, that is unacceptable. That's why, mom and dad, I'll, I'll, I'll apply that so it help you a little bit. Don't, in your own home with your kids, as you rear your children according to the way the Bible says, it's not acceptable. Make sure your children are taught it's not acceptable. To go outside the word of God. It doesn't matter what cousin Joe says. Or it doesn't matter what Aunt Susie says. Or it doesn't matter what whoever says. God has set your creator who gave you life. Who sent his son to die for you. Who has saved you. He has set his word. Our responsibility is to find a life that's acceptable to him. A froward man lives an unacceptable life. And by the way, I'll say this. That's why... A church that will let somebody who gets upset and go down the road or, oh, I'm so sorry, Hans, you got offended. You are contributing to them living an unacceptable life. Because God, well, you don't know, well, God said there's a way to handle that. Oh, I, yeah, I'm going to move on. Number four. You know, there's a, lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of prodigals who wouldn't be prodigal if it wasn't for backslidden Pharisees, backslidden pastors, backslidden relatives who say, it's okay to go, go, again, go outside of what there'd be a lot less prodigals. As a matter of fact, they're prodigals for helping them live that way. They they got reacquainted in the pig pen. Number four. The point is, number three, it's unacceptable. Number four. It gets worse. I'm just going to let you know. Number four, the forward man is an abomination to God. I didn't misspeak. I'm quoting God when I say the forward man is an abomination to God. Chapter 3, verse 32. We read it already. For the forward is abomination to the Lord. I know the King James Bible is hard to understand. But that's pretty clear. Pastor, you just misinterpreted that. For the forward is abomination to the Lord. We got that? Look with me, chapter number 11. He doesn't say it once. He says it twice. Chapter 11, verse 20. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord. It's pretty clear. Now, what is an abomination? It's Things that God hates with an extreme hatred. What are some other abominations that God speaks of? Well, you look at all this gender nonsense. God says if a man doesn't look like a man and a woman doesn't look like a woman, it's an abomination to him. It doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter what the universities say. It doesn't matter what what Joe Biden or anybody else says. God says, I made male and female. There are distinct things about a male that make them a male. A male should walk different than a female. A female should walk different than a male. They shouldn't 
I mean, I mean, preachers in the in the in the fifties and sixties and seventies warned about the unisex movement and blending the two and making them both look. And, and so many times they got laughed at. Well, look what we have now. When it comes to the relationship between a man and a woman, God says it is an abomination for a man and a man to be together. God says it's an abomination for a female and a female to be in a relationship together. I didn't say that. I agree with it because he says it. I agree with it because it goes against nature. But he's, it's an abomination. He hates it. Why? He didn't create it that way. He didn't create it that way. It's going outside of what he created. Now, let's see if I get as many amens now. He also says those that sow discord are an abomination. There's a lot of preachers who, quite frankly, will thunder against homosexuality that are discord sowers. There's a lot of Christians... Who will, and, and, I, and we ought to take that stand. But God says that's an abomination. Why? He didn't create, he didn't create us to sow discord among one another. That's outside of what he created. That's why a church should be of one accord. If it's not, why isn't it? it that's what God, that's what the Bible says. He puts forward. In the same category as all of this gender, uh, uh, they use the word confusion. It's it's the reprobate mind is what it is. He puts that on the same level to say, "I'm not bringing my heart under control and submission to what God says." I'm going to be disobedient. I'm going to do what I want to do. He puts it in the same category as a man in a relationship with a man. I wonder what it would do for our churches if the way even saying that, a man with a man, a woman with a woman, turns our stomach. If we got to a place... The thought of a Christian having an unyielding heart to God turned our stomach in the same way. Because it does the same to God. Why is that? Because He made us to yield to Him. He made us to walk in His righteousness. Well, Pastor, I got to remind you, because of Adam, we have sin that passed down to us. Yes, that's why we need a Savior. That's why because of the blood of Christ, there's nothing we cannot overcome. That's why God gave us the Spirit of God to help us. I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's always easy. I'm not saying sometimes it's not hard. I'm saying, though, we have the Spirit of God who lives within us, and if we will surrender and yield ourselves... When we get out of line, we'll pull ourselves back in. We get out of line, and the Spirit of God speaks to us, okay, I'm going I'm to correct that. He's not saying somebody who, who sins is an abomination. He's not saying that at all. He's saying somebody who says, I'm not yielding my heart, and a, a, a young person with, with, with mom and dad, the authority God gave them, comes to them and says, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to do this. And their heart says, I am not going to do it. I'm going to do what I want to do. God says, that's forward. And he says, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I gave you an authority. I gave you somebody to help you and to protect you. And, and that, that, that authority is there for that. The same could be said of why he gives a pastor to a church and so on and so forth. And he sets all of that up. And when we step outside of what God intended... We say, oh, he'll, he'll, he'll be okay with that. 
And quite frankly, we need more preaching about this. And I'm for preaching against uh, this homosexual movement. I'm for preaching against this, this, this reprobate mind gender thing. I'm for preaching against all that. But I think our churches would be better if God's people said, I'm going to yield my heart to him. Because God says it's the same thing because I didn't make you to go find your own way. I didn't make you to go make your own life. I purchased you twice. I made you to glorify and serve me. Number four, the ferment and abomination of God. I've got to hasten. Number five, the fro remain as a troublemaker and discord sower. Chapter six, verse 14. Frowardness is in his heart. We've already seen this one once. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. We've already talked about what God thinks about the discord. Look at be chapter 16, verse 28. I guess I should turn to chapter 16 and not chapter 6. A froward man soweth strife. I mean, who, who, who do we think we are to stick our nose in other people's business? To sow strife? Pastor, why, why are you always warning us about, you know, I know the emphasis on the one accord and why are you warning about people, you know, sticking their nose in the church and, 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 and trying to disrupt things? Well, one, God gives the instruction. But two, a froward man so is strife. Well, they just want, no, I don't think they're up to, to good. I think they're up to no good. I think they have evil intentions. And who do we think we are to pit one person against another person? Who do we, th- I mean, a froward man soweth strife, and a whisper separated chief friends. Look at verse 30. He shutteth his eyes to devise froward things. Oh, he imagines what he can do. We, we know we should not Gossip about somebody. Don't we? Are we past that point? We know we should not slander. We know we should not reproach somebody else's character. Well, I know it. You're still not supposed to reproach somebody else's character. We know all of that. Oh, I could destroy. I could, I could, oh. Oh, I could take, oh. If people only knew what I know. Oh, I could, oh, you imagine it. But then, what, look what else that verse says. Moving his lips. He doeth his good. Is that what the Bible says? He just wants to make things right. Just wants justice to be done. He bringeth evil to pass. Friend, I hate to bring such a, I don't even know if this is a heavy Bible study, it's a good Bible study. All the evil is not in Hollywood. All the evil is not in Washington, D.C. There's a lot of evil that wears the name tag Baptist. There's a lot of evil with a social media account. There's a lot of evil that can't stay off of the telephone. The froward man is a troublemaker and discord sower. I mean, can you imagine what we do? I'm, you know, you're trying to put out fires over here. The Bible talks about where there are no oxen, the cribs are clean. If there's no people, there's no problems. If you've got a lot of problems, it means there's a lot of people. Y'all are above average, so you can just take that however you want. 
and you're putting fires out, and then you got somebody over here lighting them as fast as you put them out. That's a troublemaker. I mean, part of the responsibility of my staff is, yes, you fulfill your responsibility, but you don't create fires. You put them out. You don't create problems. You put them out. As a church member, if we're going to keep one accord and keep the focus, we ought to be looking for fires to put out. And the Bible tells us where there's no wood, the fire goes out. So if somebody wants to start talking about something they shouldn't, take the wood away. Don't give him a to talk to. He's a troublemaker and a discord sower. Pastor, I think you should be nicer. They're a troublemaker. Discord sower. Number six. Oh, this is the one you've been looking for. The froward man's contrary life will eventually catch up to him. Chapter 22, verse 5. The froward man's contrary life will eventually catch up to him. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. If you think back to one of the studies on a fool, a fool, same thing. Eventually, his folly will destroy him. Same is true of a froward man who won't obey, won't yield who's perverse, who says, I'm not staying within the bounds of what God has established. Eventually, that contrary life will catch up to him. Thorns and snares are in the way. We need to remember that God is a just God. He's a merciful God. I thank him for that. He's a long-suffering God. I thank him for that. He's a just God. Don't envy that rebel. Don't envy that one who, well, I'll yield some, but I'm not yielding all. My parents trying to put me in a box. The pastor's trying to put everybody in a box. And the Bible tries to put everybody. And I just think, I just think God made us all different. And God made, no, 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 no. God set some standards and he said, don't live contrary to it. A froward man says, God's not keeping me in a box. Well, if he wanted me, he shouldn't have made me this way. Well, he made me, and all these things, this is why I got a temper, this is why I got this, this is why I feel this, this is these things happen. He shouldn't have let all those things happen. No, God said, I've given you a spirit, the spirit of God that lives within you, a book to go by, yield yourself in spite of that to stay where I tell you to stay. And if you don't, there's thorns and snares. You say, hey, is God setting thorns and snares? I don't think that's what he's saying. I think you're just going to get caught up in thorns and snares because part of the reason why God says stay in the boundaries that I created because that's where it's safe. That's where you're protected. There are a lot of people on death row for murder. Were they evil people? Well, that's an evil act. But if you don't control your temper, there are some who couldn't control their flesh, couldn't control their passions. And they get behind the wheel of a car. And under the influence, they kill somebody. Otherwise, they're an upstanding citizen. It's it's one mistake. But there's some boundaries that God said, you may get away with it one time. And really, that's not doing us any favors because when we get away with it one time, we feel a little more confident the second time. I heard preaching all my life that this was going to happen, that God's judgment, nothing's happened yet. The thorns and the snares are out there. And we're going to stay where God tells us to stay, or we're going to get entangled in the thorns and the snares. Don't be envious 
of that one just, well, nobody, God, I'm just not, I'm not going to conform to what God has said. I'm not going to conform. And, and don't listen to this. Well, they just want everybody to be the same. No, no. God said, conform. So if we have a problem with conforming, we have a problem with what God has said. God said, conform to His image. Eventually, it will catch up. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Well, I'll finish with this. I got a few things in conclusion. I'll just mention this on on the heels of that verse. Again, I say this to you often. I'm going to continue to say it to you. Be careful who you're around. Careful. Yep. I think we should always. I think we should always be reevaluating our relationships. A he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Well, Pastor, we're we're commanded to love. I can love somebody and not get ensnared with them. I can love somebody and. Unfollow them on social media. I can love somebody and just always be busy when they want to get together. So, Pastor, I just, that's a hard, all I'm telling you tonight is what God says. And at some point, we've got to believe God who created us who, who set his word for us, who's a little bit wiser than us, who knows. We've got to listen. He says, he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. I think you ought to be very careful with what you let in your house. I think you ought to be very careful with Hollywood. And when I say be very careful, stay away from it. I think you ought to be very careful with it. I could go down the list tonight, and that's not what it's intended to be, but I, I use that as an example. Be very, very careful in a lot of... I hope you all are. But you need to be just as careful with a forward heart. You need to be just as careful with being okay. I know this is what God has established. Okay, let me hit this and we'll be done. It's no secret if you've been here any length of time, we want to rear our young people to serve the Lord with their life. I believe they should surrender their life to serve God. What does that mean? Whatever he wants them to do. That, that, that means you say, well, I want to do that, but just in case, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I think this is what I want to do. No, it doesn't mean even that. It means prepare yourself to serve God with your life. But what if I go to Bible college and I graduated and God doesn't call me to a mission field or, or I went one semester and he hadn't called me. God, you're on a timer. What if, what if, what if, what if? You can serve God in your church. Man, there's a lot of Bible college graduates in our church who aren't on staff. And this church would not be this church without them. You say, why are you so, why are you so, so emphasize that so much? Well, we have a world going to hell, number one. Number two, God, I believe God wants every young person who is saved at a young age to say, I'll go. I'll serve. doesn't mean you can't serve somebody who's saved at 40, saved at 50. But I just believe that's an opportunity that a young person has. There's, there's things that God has said that are, that are rigid. And we, because we are sinners, because we do have a problem with pride, we do have a problem with, with emotions, we all do. We have a problem. We, we, we flesh. We're, we have weaknesses. 
God doesn't say when you, when, you, when you give in to one, you're an abomination. God says no when you give in to one and you won't be corrected to get back in line. Oh, man, there's some things I'm saying tonight that would trigger a whole lot of woke Christians. Yeah, I said get back in line because God says get back in line. See, it's, it's not rebellion against our kind of Christian, the Bible Christianity, it's rebellion against God. That's why God says that froward heart, that's the same as everything else I label an abomination. So let's make sure our heart is not froward. As a, if you're a newer Christian, as you learn and you grow, be quick to say, well, this is, I need to adjust this. I didn't, I've learned now that I've been taught, the Spirit of God through the Word of God has taught me that this is the way. I need to get in the way God created it. That's why often we'll, we'll win a man and a woman who are not married living together. You say they can get saved? Well, obviously they need to get saved. Well, what do they do? Get married. Now we're in, in what God has created. But those that say, I ain't letting no preacher tell me what to do. We've been fine. Uh, that's a forward heart. And there's snares. There's thorns. Young teenagers, no matter how mean and cruel your mom and dad are, with their rules of what you can and can't watch and do and can't do and can't have in, in your room and who you can't talk to and yeah, you got to be at your... All those mean... You know, I know, how un, I know how unreasonable they are. You know, God gave you parents. He said to obey them. Well, they made me go to bed at nine. Trust me, the day will come when you'll wish you could go to bed at nine. And that day will be when you have kids and they won't go to bed at nine so you can go to bed at nine. Trust me. Let's all stand together. Father, help us to...